ஒன் <coughs> <coughs> encourages us atim as-sufuf al-awwal fal-awwal that complete the sufuf and the rows first the first row then the next row so in fulfilling this advice of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam inshallah let us try and fill the gaps in front of us and take the reward and the great blessings of this hadith sharif mashallah allah ta'ala accept one of inshallah mashallah jazakumullah <coughs> khair in this dunya we understand a system that allah taala has created and the system works only by the will of allah taala the system that allah taala has created which we understand very very clearly in day to day life is that if a person puts his hand into fire that fire is going to burn him fire burns is something as clear and evident as daylight if a person pours water over that fire that water will extinguish it water cools that too nobody requires any kind of tuition and any kind of education to understand that every child from the time he is still just growing up he also understands fire burns he has learned it probably before he was one year old starts understanding fire burns water is cooling these are day to day things every person understands so this is a system allah taala has created in dunya and we abide by the system we understand it nobody deliberately puts his hand in fire somebody is hungry he knows that to satisfy that hunger he must eat something that will satisfy his hunger if he is thirsty he must drink some water that will quench his thirst so this is a very clear thing every person understands it and we continue to live our life according to this yet we also being people of iman we have this firm conviction and yaqeen that everything happens only by the will of allah taala this is the system allah taala has created which works by his will so when allah taala willed allah taala took away that ability of burning from the fire that in which ibrahim ala nabina wa salatu wassalam was thrown in and he remained in there for a period of 40 days not one hair got burned and allah taala will will then yunus ali salatu wassalam was swallowed into that belly of that fish deep down in the ocean allah taala says wanada fi zulumat in those darknesses he called out to us la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minal zalimin fastajabna lahu wa najjaynahu min al gham Allah Ta'ala says we granted him 
that safety out of that situation, a zero percent survival situation in terms of human thinking, that a person is deep down in the ocean, that too inside the belly of a fish. So Allah Ta'ala has made these signs clear and evident to us that these things happen by the will of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's system, He is controlling this universe. So nevertheless, we understand the system and we abide by it because that is what the general outcome of that system will be. A person heard the incident of Sayyidina Ibrahim والسلام, that the fire didn't burn him. So he decides he's also going to jump in the fire. So that will be suicide. Because he understands this is the system. He must abide by the system. So likewise, just as we understand this visible system, this is a system that every human being understands, it's visible. It's experienced by every person. Every person at some time in his life got by mistake, got burned somewhere. So he understands what burning means. And he was hungry, he ate food repeatedly every day of his life, he understands to quench, to satisfy that hunger you have to eat. So we live by this, we understand it, and we follow the general rule of it. But just as there is this visible system, Allah Ta'ala has also created an unseen system that, con- that affects our day-to-day life. And this unseen system, only a mu'min has iman in this. Person without iman, then why can he be expected to even have any faith and belief in this unseen system? So this unseen system too is spelled out to us in the Quran Sharif. Now if a person sees a fire, so he understands that that fire, something brought about that fire. Didn't just happen on his own. Somebody lit a fire. Somebody threw something which was carelessly threw something which caught a light thereafter. It makes this catch a light. If nothing else, you say, well, maybe some lightning struck. The lightning caused the fire. There was some electrical fault that caused the fire. There's always some cause that people will look for that what was the cause of this fire? It didn't happen on its own. Something happened. So dunya, we understand that by the system Allah that has created, there'll be a cause, there'll be an apparent reason. So likewise, there is this cause and effect system Allah Ta'ala has created between our a'mal, our actions, and the reactions. The reactions in terms of the situations, the circumstances that then surround us, things that then befall us, the good that happens to a person, that good is as a result of something, and the calamities and difficulties and hardships that come, that too is as a result of something, there is this connection, just as we understand that the fire didn't just happen, somebody went and lit it. Or likewise that table that is spread out with all those varieties of food and all the good things that are there, it didn't just happen. It just didn't fall from the sky somewhere. Somebody prepared that food, somebody did the whatever other processes were involved, somebody went and laid it out for the best guest, somebody did something, then all this came about. We don't understand it as it just having happened. Whereas our faith is there that if Allah wills, Allah Ta'ala descended it, Anzil alayna ma'idatam minas sama, takunu lana idal li awalina wa akhirina, wa ayatam minka wa zukna wa anta khairul raziqeen. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about when the companions of Isa alayhi salatu wa salam, they said, ask Allah Ta'ala to descend a, a table of, table spread of food for us from the heavens. And eventually he made dua and it came. Came down from the heavens. So that is in the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala. But we understand the system of dunya, it won't happen just like that. Allah Ta'ala's system is, you do something, it will work. 
So likewise, this is connection between our amal, our actions. Like the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Tabarak wa Taala spells out to us that ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بما كسبت أيدي الناس ليذيقهم بعض الذي عملوا لعلهم يرجعون. That this corruption has appeared on the on the seas and on the land. في البحر والبحر في البر والبحر. Why? بما كسبت أيدي الناس. Due to the actions of insan. The kind of actions that is a kind of conditions. Allah says, So that they may be given to taste a little of what they have done. Not everything. Little, bad. And why? This is meant to bring a person back to Allah. So that they may come to their realization. Every mu'min understands that this world is not the be-all and end-all. Somebody without iman might think that way. Somebody who doesn't have this iman in his heart, doesn't have this faith and belief, he doesn't believe in Allah Ta'ala, doesn't believe in the day of Qiyamah, doesn't believe that he has to stand on the day of judgment and give an account of his deeds, doesn't have any faith about this life in the grave, the details of which have been mentioned in many ahadith. The person who is laid out in the grave but he was a good person, a person who was obedient to Allah wa Ta'ala, then after the questioning of the angels, Man Rabbuk, wa Ma Dinuk, wa Ma Taqulu fi Rajul, and after he's answered all the questions correctly, which is not the theory that he knew in dunya that will answer, but the life of dunya that he lived, his actions will answer in the grave. That he will answer correctly because he lived a correct life. Then that grave will talk to him. And the grave will say that of all the people that walked on the earth, you were the most beloved to me because you were going to come into me. And now you will see how I will treat you. And then Nabi Sallallahu explains that for him the grave from the surface it looks like a narrow pit. But for him it expands to the extent of his gaze and vision. And then the window of Jannah is open for him. And the cool breeze of Jannah then blows through. And the bedding of Jannah is brought for him. And then he's told, Namka Naumatil Arus. You may now sleep. You worked hard in dunya in terms of obeying Allah Ta'ala. And you woke up in the early part of the morning in summer. And you made your Fajr Salah. And you waited till the late part of the night for Isha Salah. And in the early morning of winter you woke up and made sure you didn't miss your Fajr. And your Zohar, Asar, Maghrib, Isha. You restrained yourself from haram. You protected your gaze from looking at what Allah Ta'ala had forbidden. You did not engage your heart in evil. You kept your tongue away from ghibat and backbiting. You did not listen to all the evils. So all these things you were constantly on alert. Now is the time for you to rest. Like a bride, groom rests, nobody troubles. You rest like that. And the person who was not of that kind, he did as he wished in dunya, lived a life of heedlessness, went headlong into sin, then that grave also talks to him. Because he fails the questions. And he says, Ha ha la adri, I don't know what all this is about. And the questions are asked to him, he says, I don't know what all this is. He knew the theory, but the theory doesn't speak in the grave. It's the actions that speak. And then Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa explains what happens thereafter. And by way of physical illustration, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says that grave then restricts itself and starts becoming narrowed. And then starts crushing the person until his ribs. Nabi Sallallahu puts his fingers in one into the other and says his ribs get into the 
one another like this because of how the grave then narrows up upon it. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So this is a reality. A mu'min has this reality in front of him. This is not really fairy tale. This is not something that is just, by the way, these are realities. And no matter what a person might be in dunya, nobody has any doubt about it that they are going to leave this world one day. There might be differences in every other thing. But death is a reality that everybody accepts. Thereafter again people start having their own stories. But a mu'min, he says death is merely a bridge. Death is merely a bridge to cross into the real, reality of life, the afterlife. So now that afterlife is what we have to prepare for in dunya. So dunya is not the be all and end all. It's a phase where we have to prepare for that everlasting life of akhirat. But even in this dunya, what happens here is not just merely based on this visible system that we see. That a person eats, then his stomach gets full, and if he puts his hand in fire, he gets burned. There's a system beyond this. And that system is our amal, our actions, how we conduct ourselves, and the conditions that prevail upon us. And this is spelt out in the Quran Sharif. وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُوا عَنْ كَثِيرٍ Allah Ta'ala says that whatever these calamities befall you, it is due, Allah Ta'ala is addressing me, addressing us. فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ It's what your actions have, it's brought about. And that's what Allah Ta'ala says, وَيَعْفُوا عَنْ كَثِيرٍ Allah Ta'ala forgives most of it. It's just a little bit that brings about the consequences to bring us back to reality. That don't make this dunya the focus of attention as if it's the be all and end all. We have to live dunya, but we live it in a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with us. We live it in a way that while we are doing what we have to do in terms of earning our halal living, in terms of whatever other necessities of life, but we don't cross the line of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. We don't do that which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. So all these conditions that are surrounding us and surrounding the whole world is not something that just happened. The world will say, well, we don't know where it started off from and something happened in China and something happened in here, there and everywhere. That might be the apparent reason. But that apparent reason is tied up to an unseen system. That apparent reason is tied up to the system that Allah Ta'ala has above this. And this is the system where Allah Ta'ala spelled out in the Quran Sharif. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spelled out in the Hadith, where in one Hadith, a lengthy Hadith in Mishkat Sharif and various other books of Hadith, where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, عَشَرَةَ خَسْلَةً حَلَّتْ بِهَا الْبَلَاءِ that my ummah will get involved in 15 actions, then calamities, difficulties, hardships will befall them. And how it will befall them? In another hadith, Rabbi Islam gives it by way of an example. The example that is given is the example of a tasbih, of a string of beads. That a string of beads, if a person cuts it at one point, he's holding a string of beads, it's tied, the tasbih is tied together, and he cuts it at one point, what's going to happen? That string falls. When that string falls, what's holding the beads anymore? Nothing. Those beads just fall one after the other. You barely manage to catch one, the next one is there. The first one did hit the ground, and the second one already is touching the ground. And the third one is already falling. That's the kind of example that Nabi Islam is giving of how calamities and difficulties and hardships will come down on the Ummah. Now these are meant to bring us to understanding and realization that each one, every one of us, each one of us has to look within ourselves. I have to look within myself first and foremost. And each one of us and the whole Ummah, we have to look within ourselves. That are we 
And to what extent are we contributing towards the difficulties of the Ummah? Or to what extent are we contributing towards the good of the Ummah? Every good that a person does, he's contributing to the good for himself and for the good to the Ummah. And every vice that a person involves himself in, he's contributing towards the hardships of the Ummah. Not only himself, because when this becomes abundant, is a, when Nabi Wasallam once said that a time will come when despite the pious making dua, but that dua will not be answered. So they said, but when will this be? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is When vice and sin will become dominant. So that handful of pious people with their piety won't make a difference to the general masses. So now we all have to check within ourselves, am I contributing to this dominance of vice and sin? And if yes, then I have to make tawbah. I have to make istighfar, I have to come back to Allah wa ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala's doors of mercy are wide open. Allah Ta'ala is waiting for the one who turns his, his attention to Allah Ta'ala and raises his hands in repentance and sheds some tears of remorse and regret. And a lifetime of sin Allah will wipe out in one moment for him. But he must come with sincerity, come with genuine remorse and regret. Allah Ta'ala has no enmity with anybody. Allah Ta'ala doesn't have any personal grudge for anyone. Allah Ta'ala's doors of mercy are wide open for every person. So in this hadith sharif, Rasulullah says, when my ummah will get involved in 15 aspects, then these calamities and hardships will befall them. So what are these 15 things? Obviously we don't have time for even 5 now, but just to barely touch on a few of them, among the things that Nabi Sallallahu mentioned, is akanatil amanatu maghnaman. When amanat trust will be regarded as spoils of war. Now spoils of war, everybody has a share in it. All who are there, part of that battle, everybody has a share in it. So now amanat and trust, every person will think, I got a share in this too. Whereas it is trust, it is amanat. But that amanat will not be upheld. That amanat will be destroyed. That amanat will be violated. That trust will be violated. Now there's much detail in this but just be touching on the points only, was zakatul maghraman. When zakat will become regarded like a tax. When a person has to pay his taxes, then half his life starts coming out because it is more often than not and most often it is a oppression. And a person's hard-earned wealth is taken and squandered somewhere else. So now that feeling of difficulty that he feels with paying his taxes, now this zakat, Allah Ta'ala says, وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ What we blessed you from that now you give that two and a half percent. That to a good amount of it is excluded from the calculation. And after that excess that is left, which one whole year has passed on that nisab, and now out of that give two and a half percent, now that person is feeling like, where the zakat came from? Was zakat maghraman. Now that feeling that this is na'uzubillah, a injustice to me. And further than Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there's various things, I'm just skipping some of them. وَأَطَاعَ الرَّجُلُ زَوْجَتَهُ وَأَقَّ أُمَّهُ وَأَدْنَى صَدِيقَهُ وَجَفَى أَبَاهُ A person, he will be obedient to his wife, but he will cut his mother off. Now it doesn't mean that a person must have an imbalance. He must give everybody their due rights. But, not that one person has been given such rights at the expense of the other. That his mother now doesn't exist in his equation that the person now is imbalanced, he shouldn't be imbalanced either way he should be on the path of moderation but now this will become the scene 
His friend will be very close to him. His father will be like a distant person from him. He'll deal with his father like a person, like a stranger. And his friends will be very close to him. And further in one aspect, Nabi Salaam mentions, وَاتُّخِذَتِ الْقَيَّانُ وَالْمَعَازِفِ Dancing girls, singing uh, musical instruments will become rife in the Ummah. Now, this was something unheard of in a Muslim wedding that they'll be dancing, carrying on. But forget Muslim wedding anymore now. It's becoming like the norm and the order of the day. What are we doing? We're drawing down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. We're inviting Allah Ta'ala's punishment. These things we haven't heard of 20 years ago, 15, 10, 5 years ago maybe. In some places. And musical instruments will become rife. That which Nabi Salaam on one occasion was walking somewhere and in the distance he heard some shepherd began to play some flute. So he immediately thrust his fingers into his ears. And Ibn Umar who was with him at that time was a young boy. He kept on asking him that, can you still hear that sound? Finally when he said he can't hear it, then Nabi Salaam took his fingers out of his Mubarak ears. And he said that this is what brought about the destruction of the previous nations. Now what Nabi blocked his ears to. Nowadays you'll find the Ummah putting in those earphones deep down into the ears to listen to that falling asleep. Now which Nabi blocked his ears to, the Ummah is putting it deep down into their ears and falling asleep instead of on the name of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. When Nabi would go to sleep, there were so many du'as he would recite. Among the du'as, Allahumma qini azabaka yawma tab'atu ibadak. Who is going off to rest? The Nabi of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, who's ma'asum, who's sinless, who doesn't have a dot of anything on him, any blemish of any sort, most beloved to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. But what is his level of consciousness? Ya Allah, you saved me from your punishment on the day when you will raise your servants on the day of Qiyamah. He's falling asleep with this concern. And the Ummah is falling asleep with music, music deep down in that ear. So now in this hadith, Nabi Islam says, وَالتُّخِذَةِ الْقَيَّانُ وَالْمَعَاجِفِ That these are things that will bring down calamities and hardships. So these are things that we have been forewarned about. There are so many other aspects mentioned in this hadith sharif. The point is that in general, we have to become conscious of Allah Ta'ala again. We have to make sincere tawbah, make istighfar. This is what's going to bring the barakat and blessings. This is what's going to bring the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. It comes in one hadith sharif that a person's rizq is descended from the heavens. It is coming down. But while it is being descended, he gets involved in a sin. That sin then blocks it off. That rizq gets taken away again. That barakat of it gets drawn away. And with that good actions the person does, the righteousness, obedience of Allah Taala, in that little that he might earn, Allah Taala infuses it with barakat. That barakat then carries him a long way. The quantity sometimes might be a little. But with the barakat of righteousness, with the barakat of his obedience to Allah, the barakat of refraining from sin and haram, that barakat in that little quantity will take him a long, long way. And this was something that was a very common thing maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, maybe a little more. One family, one person earning 10 people, 12 people, 15 people under the same roof all eating out of that income of that one person. And the one person is earning 15, 12, 15 was the average. Most homes, 25, maybe not 25 years, a little bit more down the road, 35, 40, maybe 50 years ago. This was a common thing. One person earning and 15 people are eating. 
And everybody is fine. Maybe they are not living that life of top luxury. Everybody was happy. Everybody was comfortable. Nowadays, under one roof, there are five people earning. And everybody can't make, it, make ends meet for that household also. The barakat has gone. We have to bring the barakat back. And the barakat will come with righteous actions. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we come back onto the commands of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. We come onto the way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This will bring the good of dunya and the good of akhirat as well.